This is episode 23 of Ruminate. I'm Rob Lewis and back after a, a short hiatus is John Voorhees. Good morning, John. Hey, Rob. How are you doing today? I'm good. Uh, how are you? You've relaxed again oh, a little bit? I'm, yeah, I, I think I'm almost back to normal. It's uh, Boy, WWC takes a lot out of you. It was a ton of fun, but um, it was a little crazy too. Yeah, definitely kind of following along on Twitter. I could just see how busy everybody was and you know, with parties and you were doing all the interviews, which we're going to get to in a minute. Um, so yeah, sounds sounds like you were you had a pretty busy week. Yeah, it was a bit, it was Twitter bankruptcy most of the week. I was just scrolling to the top over and over again, and wasn't even you know it, I don't know it was I had my phone on um, do not disturb for long periods of time because I was doing the interviews and um, I just completely lost tra- lost track of the world. But I've been slowly but surely getting back into it. Um, but before we talk about anything, we should we should thank Dave for covering for me uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, it was uh, great of him to uh, when you when you said you were it was going to be a bit of a hassle if we tried to record, um, and he very graciously accepted my invitation. So uh, so yeah, it was uh, it was good. Yeah, it was it was even more busy than I expected because I had hoped to maybe do a little recording with somebody and drop it into the show. Um, but it was the problem with when we record on a Sunday, that's when everybody's arriving. And so everybody was like pulled in a million different directions. And so that didn't work out, unfortunately. But um, but yeah, it was good to have Dave handle the show while I was away. So we got um, <clears throat> there's a couple of bits of follow up. One uh, is a correction. Last week, uh, me and Dave were talking about uh, PS2 games. And I said the last one was FIFA 15. Um, I actually got my dates wrong. It was FIFA 14 and Pro Evolution Soccer 14 uh, were the last games made for the PS2. Um, oh, that, that's very disappointing, Rob. I know, it's terrible. Um, I mean, I think on that point, that's still crazy to me that it's only been two years um, since they stopped PlayStation 2 games. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, the same thing happens with Xbox, though, too, right? I mean, maybe they've stopped now, but it's it, it's not that long ago that I've seen new Xbox 360 games coming out. Yeah, I mean, I think the 360s still go in pretty strong um, just because, you know, they sold so many units and stuff like that. Um, but, I mean, the, <clears throat> the PS2's been, like, one of the best-selling consoles of all time. Um, sure. And, you know, so it had, like... 12 15 years or something of games um which is pretty crazy but right and, and being two generations ago i mean that's like someone just someone still building xbox games as of a year or two ago which is would, would be nuts i mean that's, i think it's been longer now i'm the one crawling out on the limb to say, say things that i don't know anything about <laughs> <laughs> they're probably incorrect but i don't think uh i think it's been longer since uh, we've seen an xbox game yeah definitely um and there was one other thing we were talking about um uh, a sequel to Red Dead Redemption. Uh, we're we're going to talk a little bit about E3 in a bit, but uh, one of the one of the things we were chatting about was there was possibly a, a Red Dead announcement at E3, and sadly that hasn't happened. Um, there was really? a few rumors, and uh, you know somebody was pretending they had inside knowledge that it was going to happen, but uh, but yeah, no, no Red Dead announcement at all. Oh, that's too bad. I, I saw that. I saw that rumored, and I don't know. Maybe I'm just uh, recalling seeing tweets from you or something, but. Um... I, I was kind of looking forward to that too because I, I think that's a pretty cool game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as I did say last week, that uh, you know, Rockstar generally don't announce anything, um, but there'd, there'd been a, a statement from Take Two saying that they were going to be at E3 in a big way, Take Two, a, a Red Dead's publisher or mm-hmm. Rockstar's publisher, but um, but no, that didn't happen. So I guess we're just going to have to wait a little bit longer for to find out what what the next Red Dead game is going to be. Yeah, well, well, we'll see. I guess there are a lot of good games coming up. So, 
um, that we'll have to be satisfied with those for now, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So um, you probably struggled to keep up with anything that was coming out of E3 because uh, you were busy interviewing every developer you bumped into by, by all accounts. Yeah, pretty close to it. Um, it. It was actually hard to keep up with WWDC too. I mean, that's kind of the irony of being there is that uh, I didn't have a ticket, but I was so busy during the day that I didn't really, other than I didn't see anything other than the keynote and the platform State of the Union. Um, and I still haven't actually. I'm going to start watching the sessions today after having recovered for the last week. Um, but yeah, as a result, it's a little hard to keep up with the news. But um, I had, right before WWC, I published an article about app discovery on Mac Stories. And during that, the research for that, I had talked to a bunch of different developers um, just about discoverability and what they thought. Uh, you know, should change on the App Store. And I took the opportunity to pitch them on the idea of doing some interviews while I was at WWDC. And um, everybody was very receptive to it. The, the, dif the difficulty, though, was that no one could really schedule anything in advance because we didn't know it was going to be announced. We didn't know, you know, no one wanted to really talk before the keynote because all you end up do doing then is looking wrong um, when they're published. And no one really knew what their social schedule was going to be or what sessions they wanted to go to. So uh, one of the things that made it very busy and tough was that I started out Tuesday morning with about two hours of contacting tons of people. Because in the end, I ended up, I think I ended up interviewing about 21 people over 16 interviews. And that wasn't even all the ones that I probably could have done. I probably could have squeezed in two or three more. Um, but as it was, it was kind of exhausting. I would so I would start the mornings out, you know, just scheduling everything out, and then um, slot them for one an hour because I typically could. I would they, they usually were fifteen minutes to thirty minutes long. Uh, I would talk to somebody, and then rush off and add all the metadata and upload them to SoundCloud and announce them on Telegram and Twitter. And I could get that done in about an hour, so that worked out pretty well. Um, but it made for kind of a relentless process and interviewing people is a little draining in and of itself because you kind of kind of be on and you have to be listening intently to kind of push the conversation forward. And uh, But it was a ton of fun. I had a great time. And I met a lot of people who, you know, some of the people I interviewed I knew already pretty well, but I'd say about half of them I had actually never met. So it was neat to kind of chat with them and get everyone's reactions both to what was announced and talk to them a little more about their own projects yeah i was um I, I said to you before we started recording but i uh i waited until they were all out and then i sat down and uh you know did some lego and listened you know all the way through for four hours or whatever it is um and, and what stuck out for me was the, your amazing ability to come up with different questions for each person you interviewed um you, you somehow managed to not really ask the same question twice to anybody yeah, thanks. It was that that was kind of the hard part and it helps that I kind of knew what all these people do and what their interests were based on what apps they work on. So that that was kind of how I did that. But um you know, going into it, I was worried about two things in particular. One was the background noise because I knew there was no way I was going to be able to do this anywhere other than, you know, somewhere that was noisy. And the other one is I just have never really interviewed anybody, so I didn't know whether I was going to be any good at it. Um, which is why I interviewed Tom Pritchard when he was in Chicago, because I figured I'd take him to a restaurant, see how it sounded. And it, it was good enough. I mean, you know, the background noise is, a, I'm sure it annoys some people, but it also kind of lends itself to the 
the you know the artifice that it's the Max Stories Lounge, which is what our, what we call our Telegram channel. So it's a little bit like we're sitting in the lounge, just chatting about stuff in a bar, which is exactly where I was in the Park Fifty Five bar all week. Um, didn't get out of that bar much. <laughs> oh, really? Is that is that what you were actually doing? We just just sat in the bar. <laughs> I sat in a bar, and uh, well, the, the bar was really quiet from about ten a.m. till four p.m. So it was per- it was the perfect place, and the um, the wait staff was really uh, the the service quality was really bad. So I was never interrupted by a waiter. I just would s- set up my little portable studio at a table. And people would come by and I'd chat with them. And sometimes there were other people who I was hanging out with sitting next to me listening while I was doing it. I had like a little studio audience from time to time. Oh, man, I don't know how you did it. But, uh, but yeah, you, you really did a great job. Um, no, thanks. And there's a there's an RSS feed that SoundCloud has generated. Uh, we'll put a, an overcast link in the show notes as well. Um, so yeah, grab yeah if you, it, right. I mean, the thing is that um, it... There's a lot of different ways to listen to it if you want to. I mean, uh, each individual track is on SoundCloud. As you said, there's an RSS feed and and an overcast feed. Um, There's also embeds in the article that I wrote following up on it and kind of talking about the trends and and things that were common to a lot of the interviews. Um, So there's a lot of different ways. And if you're a a Club Mac Stories member, you can get the the full file with chapter markers. Thanks to Tom Pritchard's... um, Chap, uh, podcast chapters app so there's a lot of different ways to to, tr- to listen to it if you want perfect um so we're gonna just mention a couple of things that we're excited about we're not gonna <clears throat> go in depth um if you want in-depth wwdc analysis i recommend upgrade 93 and uh, atp uh 174 um those guys are going to go into a lot more detail than than we are i think there's no point in us rehashing everything that that those guys have said um, so the, the, I think that's the big, the big, the big one on iOS. I think was was deleting default apps, which actually wasn't even kind of announced at WWDC. It was just a a separate kind of help documentation uh, after the keynote. Yeah, it was discussed in a little more depth during the live talk show recording. I don't know if you've listened to that. Um, they're not, you know, they're not actually being deleted. They're just being hidden. Yeah. Um, so they're not going to save you any space, but you do get the icons off your screen. And the reason for that is that part of it has to do with code signing. Um, you know, it, it's a it's a security measure and a check. And if you were to pull out the apps, the codes, you know, the 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 binary would look different, and um, it wouldn't be possible to um, to get the the security check. So they leave the code in there. They just hide your hide the icon. Yeah, and I, I think that's fine because I. I don't know about you, but for me, like I don't, I'm not trying to save five meg of space by deleting the stocks app, which I'm sure is a tiny app. Like I just, I just don't want it there. Like I don't, I, I don't need to have this folder that's just called unused apps because I never use them. I just, just want to get rid of them. It doesn't really bother me. Um, either way, yeah. whether they're actually deleted or not, um, and right. then you just, you, you kind of fake re-download them from the store and they get get unhidden again. So. Yeah, the majority of the apps are, are, I think, relatively small ones, so I don't think that that's a big issue. Uh, but it is nice that you can kind of, if you want to tidy up, you can get rid of the ones that you never look at. Like, I think, I assume Compass is on that list, but yeah, there are a lot of little things that people don't use, stocks, that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, is, there, is there anything uh, that you're kind of excited about? Specifically yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, there are a couple of things. Um, I think messages is going to be pretty huge. I mean, especially for developers. Uh, they've really, Apple's really created a separate platform for app development through the messages app. Uh, you know, that's, they've taken, as I watched that part of the keynote, I was struck by how close it is to things like Telegram. Um, I'm not as familiar with WhatsApp, but I know they have that, you know, there are a lot of similar features there. And Facebook Messenger has, for instance, had apps built into it for quite a while. Of course, if you're in Facebook Messenger and you want to get an app, it kicks you out to the store. With messages, you can buy them right in line. Um, and with, in a, you know, a feature that I think is going to be great for developers is that if I send you, say, a GIF Rob from GIF Wrapped or something like that, if they had a, an app on um, the messages store, then it would include a link with it so that you could download it and use it yourself. So it's going to create kind of a network effect, I think, allow apps to spread pretty quickly among friends. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you take a look at Twitter um, on any given day. If somebody posts a screenshot of something, of any app, the first reply is always, what app is that? Um, and, I, right. you know, and I think you're going to get the same kind of reaction with messages. But as you say, if there's a link there, I can just click it and go, great, now I can send John GIFs as well. Um, right. You know, that's definitely a really smart way to do it. And... Um, yeah, I mean, it was kind of funny to to watch that during the keynote with everybody um, kind of tweeting, going, "I don't understand this. What are young people doing with messages?" Um, you know, but yeah, suddenly, <clears throat> suddenly everybody on Twitter was old. I don't really get. I don't know that I really get it, but what? It's fine. I mean, I get it. I'm an old guy, but in any event. Um, I, I think part of the problem with the the demo is that they try to they show every feature, and so you're not going to always use every feature in every conversation, and so it just looks like a cluttered, crazy mess when you see it all at once. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, as you say, I'm excited about that because you know iMessage is built in, so it's it's nice to use iMessage if you can. Um, but you know if it doesn't have features like Auto Link expansion and you know, uh, stickers and gifts and stuff like that, then it's it's maybe not so good. But yeah, this is going to be a, a pretty good update, I think. Yeah, I've been trying it out for the last couple of days. And one thing that's really pretty cool too is, you, you know, if you send someone a um, a link to, a music link to iTunes, it has a little player right in line so you can listen to the whole song, which is pretty, pretty cool. All right, that's um, nice. Yeah, it's really nice. Uh, it also, I think it's interesting that we're getting a, a whole nother store because one of the things that I had hoped was that we would see, which we have not, is that we would see some consolidation. Even though the stores are really crowded, it's very hard to find Mac apps and uh, Apple TV apps and things like that. You know, I'd like the ability to, to use those things and buy those things straight from my, um, not use, but I guess just buy those things from my iPhone. And I can't do that. So I end up having to remember to go download something on the Apple TV when I get home at night. Um, and I've wanted that both for Apple TV and Mac apps for a while, but this is kind of a decoupling of, of certain kinds of iOS apps from the main store. I mean, it, it, I suppose it's good in that it's going to declutter some of the top lists because if you go in there, you'll see all these kind of fake emoji apps like mm. the Kardashian emoji and everything, which are really just keyboards that, you know, you copy what are effectively stickers and paste them into your, your messages. And so this will take presumably take those out of the main store and put them in the messages store and give an, you know, create an opportunity for other types of apps to get into those lists. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, the, it is a big problem. I think that you can't download, you know, a Mac app or an Apple TV app because, you know, from my phone, I can download PlayStation apps, Xbox right. apps or games or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. 
you know google play apps if you know if i've got android android phone or an android tv or something like that i can do all of that from my phone but when it comes to mac apps and apple tv no chance well and one thing that looks to me like it could be step one in in getting there is that new apple pay feature for safari i know it's safari only but it's one of the things that I had been thinking about in discoverability was how do you, can you build into Safari something that's native and allows secure purchasing of apps that, um, you know, that doesn't, doesn't allow for scamming and, and other things. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I kind of did put about the Apple Pay thing. I put Safari only. Um, I kind of meant to say desktop there. Um, cause, uh, obviously on the iPhone, like Safari on the iPhone is huge for mobile. Um, desktop not so much um right but i mean it, it's it's nice to have it there and maybe they can expand it to to other browsers but if not um you know it's it's still a kind of useful feature yeah um i guess i mean we mentioned the tv um that's getting a dark mode um that's that was pretty much it there was a few other little bits that series maybe getting a little bit better and the remote app's been updated finally um but yeah, not too much on the on the Apple TV uh, this year. Right. I mean, I think the big the other big area was probably the uh, Watch OS because that was really pretty pretty astounding to see what they've done without actually upgrading the hardware. The performance they've squeezed out of the Apple Watch. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this was what they opened with. Um, you know, was their big opening feature um, was it's faster. Apps will run better. They they've got rid of glances. So apps are just one type of screen now i guess they don't have this separate glance feature um which it also makes complications faster and better they can update more um and and i think it was was craig federici said at the um at the at the talk show um kind of implied that they'd you know they they'd underestimated or or sorry severely overestimated how much battery they would be using um so now they're kind of taking some of that back um to, just to make the watch a little bit better. Yeah, they also had some some RAM to spare, so they're able to keep things resident in memory uh, longer, which which gives you. I mean, it's going to depend, I guess, on the size of your apps that you have on your watch. But um, the things you put in your dock uh, that you use most frequently will be memory resident, and so they'll launch a lot faster when you that and complications on whatever your current watch face is will will launch almost instantly. Yeah, I mean, I'm really happy about this because I've kind of been a bit a bit down on the apple watch i think i think a lot of people have i mean i like it i wear it every day um, but i use it mostly for notifications um and that you know that's not because that's all i'd want to use but the apps have been so slow that it's it's just not been worth it so you know watch os3 is really gonna kind of make it feel like a brand new watch yeah that that and the combination of i guess using a little bit more of the budget they had on battery and RAM combined with the fact that you can get background updates of the data um, on a periodic basis, which I think you can do something on the order of a couple of hour, a couple an hour. I've been told as much as, as many as 50 updates a day. So, you know, weather apps and I don't know, note taking apps and news apps, all sor- sorts of things like that uh, can update their, their, um, their data periodically. So you won't get stuck looking at it and looking at, you know, maybe a day's, days old information for three seconds while it, while it updates. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's a couple of other things on, uh, Mac OS, which is now called Mac OS as opposed to OS 10. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got the font size in notes can finally, finally be made bigger. 
Um, yeah, it was just yeah, so get... tiny compared to everything else in the in the script on the in the UI. Um, you know, I, I I I messaged you last night to ask you because I knew you were installing it because um, it's basically the one feature I actually care about. <laughs> yeah, I was given a hard time for uh, posting that uh, screenshot into the Mac Story Slack. They called me the old man who can't see see notes, but I think everybody has a hard time with that font. It's so small. Yeah, I, I think I've heard. Maybe it was unconnected. I think Stephen Hackett was was complaining about it, or maybe Mike as well. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's definitely it's a it's a tiny little feature, but I'm really happy about it. Um, we're also getting auto unlock. Uh, if you've got a watch, it will just auto lock, auto automatically unlock your your Mac, uh, which is nice. Um, and then copy and paste between Mac and iPhone. I don't know how well this is going to work. If it's going to be a pain, um, you know. But we'll see. It's kind of a nice. Um, extension of uh, what do they call it between the two? Uh, I can't think of the word that they call it. Uh, continuity. Continuity. That's it. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. It's a nice, nice extension of that to be able to kind of keep. I guess it's going to keep the same clipboard. I'm not sure if there's a timeout between it or or whatever. But uh, but yeah, it'd be interesting to to try that out. Yep. I um I have not tried that yet, but I think it'll be good. I mean, I I, I use. I've used various clipboard managers, and right now I think the best one is Copied because it is available on both Mac and on iOS, and it uses iCloud to sync. And it does a good job, but because you know iCloud, if the the app is out of memory, you know if it's actually been quit uh, and you haven't used it in a while, it can take a little while for the iCloud sync to catch up to where you are um, if you haven't opened the app in a while. So I'm looking for, I'm hoping that this, because it's on a system level, will be a little quicker and um, and cover some at least some of the use cases that I've used copied for. I think I don't think it's going to Sherlock um, these kind of co- clipboard manager apps completely though, because the nice thing about things like copied or or clips or in those kind of apps is that they actually have a list of all the stuff you have on your clipboard, um, which I don't think that th- this feature has. It's more of an automatic, you know, hidden behind the scenes type of thing. Whereas with copied, you can kind of scroll through the list and find th- something you copied, you know, maybe two, three hours ago really easily and use that if you want. Yeah, I use uh, Alfred on the Mac. Uh, that's now got a clipboard uh, management feature. Um, mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see if, you know, I, I don't know the, the ins and outs of the APIs, but if I copy on my iPhone and that goes to my Mac, will that get picked up by Alfred or these other kind of clipboard managers? Who knows? But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. If not, I can just disable it, I assume. Yeah, the other thing that's kind of cool is the the notes collaboration. Uh, and I tried that a little bit yesterday with Federico, and it, it works well. The problem is there's no indication that the other person has updated your note. So, um, you know, no timestamp, no no badge on the icon, no no push notification, nothing. So uh, it I just happened to open it later and see that he had typed something in. I mean, I, I don't know when he did it. Did he do it immediately? Did he do it five hours later? <laughs> it's just that's just how it works. And hopefully they'll add something that makes that a little bit more work a little more without a little better without being as annoying as something like Dropbox paper where you know we get an email every single time someone edits it which is not the solution that I want no definitely not and you know once I'm on the beta we can you know maybe we'll just try it out for one week and and see what happens and hopefully we won't lose all our notes 
Yeah, no, we'll see. I mean, so far, so good. It's I'm not sure exactly how it resolves conflicts. I saw some speculation on um, on Twitter the other day that it's not necessary. It's not necessarily last edit wins. Um, and I don't think anyone's figured out exactly what's going on behind the scenes yet. Um, but but, you know, just I, I think it'll be fine if you're if you've got two people periodically um, editing a document like like you and I do when we do the show notes, because um, there's enough time separation between the edits that it, I doubt it'll result in conflict problems. Yeah. Uh, so anything else on what was announced last week? I, mean, I think that pretty much covers it for me. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I've just been kind of geeking out since I got back. I, I spent yesterday, I got a, a 500 gigabyte SSD and installed um, OS 10 Sierra on it. 10.12, I guess, uh, Sierra on it and spent a little time with it, but not a lot yet and picked up an Apple TV for my basement so I can watch the WWC sessions without bothering the rest of my family. I can sit down in my, my dungeon, my recording studio dungeon and watch those all summer long. Um, and I guess that's a, that's about it. I do have iOS 10 on my iPad pro, not on my phone yet. Um, it's still, it's, it's, it's stable for the most part, but there are, it does some weird things with some apps. I mostly layout type things. Yeah. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to install the beta. Yet. I think I'm going to at least wait until the public beta is out. Um, yeah, and then, then it's kind of, do it. yeah, it's kind of a battery hog right now too. Yeah. And, and I'd actually, I'd be horrified if, if overcast broke on one of these, because it's basically the main app that I use on my phone. So, um, yeah. I don't really don't want to risk it. I haven't actually tried that since I don't use it on my iPad, but it, you know, I, the things that I use it for writing and all that kind of thing seem to work fine with a few little glitches, but, um, good enough to get work done still. So that, that's good. Um, so the other, the other conference that's not WWDC that was running last week was, uh, E3, uh, the, the games, it's not really a conference, I guess more of a, I don't know, you'd got like a trade show almost. Um, uh-huh. so yeah, I mean, there was quite a lot, lot announced. Um, I was saying to you earlier, it's that the difference in coverage with the, the Apple coverage of WWDC, um, it, it's always very detailed and here's a list of everything that's been announced and here's all these documentation and stuff like that for E3. It's kind of just a mismatch. Like, you know, so some sites will post about the PlayStation announcement, but won't post about the Microsoft one. And um, it's, it's kind of hard to see everything that has been announced. Yeah, no, I noticed that. And um, I came away. I mean, I was having a hard enough time keeping up with WWC when I was in San Francisco. So I didn't come out of that week with much of an understanding of what was going on at E3, other than people were excited about Zelda. Um, Cuphead's had a really cool trailer video that goes for like five or six minutes and um that they're remastering crash bandicoot which was seemed like a pretty cool thing yeah so this was this was the big one from was a couple of big things out of sony's uh, announcement the two that i was interested in was as you say crash bandicoot uh one two and a, th- a third uh, crash bandicoot game are all being remastered for the ps4 uh, uh-huh. which i think are going to be out maybe towards the end of the year um possibly early next year so yeah that's kind of exciting it's nice to it's nice to get some of these older games that maybe don't hold up so well in terms of graphics um you know getting a nice remaster um i, I think a lot of people kind of saw this coming um because there's a uh you can it's not really a spoiler because it was everywhere but you can there's a playable version of crash bandicoot in uncharted um or you can play a level 
Um, so you know that's kind of exciting. And the the other part was uh, a new Spider-Man game uh, that's been being released exclusively for PS4. Um, and the, the trailer trailer looks really fun. Yeah, that's one I actually still haven't looked at. I should look at this link that you put in here because I, I heard Mike Curley talking about it on Remaster. Um, and I know that if Federico had kind of called the Crash Bandicoot thing too, I guess when they talked about um, Uncharted, which I didn't listen to because I haven't really played the game yet. Mm. Um, but Cuphead, Cuphead's is the one that makes me want to buy an Xbox. And I saw that they announced some sort of new xbox that's coming out that it's very confusing to me what's happening with xbox right now there's a do you know what there's it's it's a little bit like a playstation slim maybe coming out towards the end of the year yeah so it's it's yeah it's basically just a smaller xbox one um so it's the xbox one s um but it also has the ability the ability to play um 4k uhd blu-rays hi joe um and to which I say, who cares? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought the same thing. Um, but yeah, so it has. I mean, I guess potentially, if it can play 4K Blu-rays, then it has the potential to play 4K games. If that's the kind of thing that can happen with the hardware, um, sure. But I guess yeah. I mean, if you were going to buy one, I would say wait for this one. Uh, you know, this new one, just because um, you know you, you've got two options. You might as well get the slightly better one. Yeah, if they're doing that though, I suppose they're not gonna they're not gonna drop the price. I bet. Yeah, there is that. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe just, you could get a pretty good deal on a on a standard Xbox One, um, yeah, especially I don't have for Cupheads, which is not you know it's not exactly a intensive game. Yeah, I'm not gonna probably buy an Xbox just for one game, but um, and I don't have a 4K TV, so sorry Microsoft. <laughs> no, I'm actually buying. I'm I'm looking at uh, getting a new TV. For our living room, and I'm I'm gonna get 4K just so I can watch like House of Cards in 4K. I guess. Yeah, you might as well at this point. I guess I don't know. I mean, I it's hard to know. There's still not a lot of content for it mm. other than on Netflix. But um, and I, and I wonder how what that's gonna do to your like yeah, you're out with your ISP. I mean that. I, I wonder if do you have the bandwidth to do that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, okay. I don't have any kind of uh, data caps or anything like that. Oh, um, that's good. And I get like 100, 120 down or something. So, um, yeah, I'm sure I should be all right with the 4K. I mean, Netflix is pretty good at kind of scaling the resolution depend if your you know internet drops out a little bit. So it shouldn't be too bad. No, that's good. Yeah, no, it's it'll be interesting to see what comes out in the coming months. Um, the, you know, the, I, I assume that you've heard what those guys when they're uh, some of those podcaster fat pals of ours went down to Facebook and tried out the Oculus Rift. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, it was it was amazing just talking to them about the experience. They were all completely freaked out. It was like this really, <laughs> this really, I don't know, uh, intense experience that every single one of them had. I was it was like Mike, it was Mike Hurley, Stephen Hackett, um, Federico. And and uh, CGP Gray all went down to Facebook and tried out the Oculus Rift, and it sounds pretty amazing. But uh, I think it's cost you a good two, three thousand dollars to get a complete quality rig put together. Yeah, this is this is one of the big reservations I have about VR. It's not, you know it's not the hardware or you know the games or anything like that. The, the the biggest issue I have is even for the so the PlayStation VR, which is like four hundred pound, I think. Mm-hmm. On top of that, you need the console as well. 
Um, you know, so then you're looking at seven, eight hundred pounds, which is yeah. And you need the ca- and you need the camera. Oh yeah, of course. Camera, yeah, the right? camera, uh, the move controller. I think you need as well. Um, you yep. know, so you're looking at like a thousand pounds. Just to play what is going to be a fairly limited amount of games. That's true. If you already have a PS4, though, I think you're you know it's it's like buying another PS4 at the end of the day, but uh, it's a little bit more reasonable, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I guess, I think probably one of some one of my concerns is the amount of games that's going to be available. Um, but, you know, it, we'll see. I guess we'll see kind of towards the end of the year when all this stuff really starts uh, starts kicking off. Yeah, I don't know. My understanding is that PS4 has a lot in the pipeline, but, um, well, you know, the proof will be in the pudding, I guess, at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, I don't know so much about Oculus. Um, I have not been following that as closely, although now I'm very intrigued having just talked to those guys about it. So Yeah. So uh, talking of uh, game companies, uh, Vans released uh, some Nintendo sh- uh, shoes, Nintendo-themed shoes, uh, I guess, last week. Oh, no, I guess it was probably about two, three weeks ago now. Um, and the internet basically exploded. Like, my, my Twitter timeline was just this for about half an hour. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. I didn't really see that coming. And, and all of a sudden, everybody, it seemed like everybody was buying the same pair of shoes who I, <laughs> that I knew. <laughs> it's like, at first I saw you, and then Federico, and Mike, and a bunch of other people all buying different... Um, you've got you got the ones with the, the high tops with the controllers on them, right? Uh, yeah, so I, I bought those, um, and then I decided, you know what, these are really comfy, I like them, I'm going to buy another pair, and then I bought those... Plus the they've got these kind of beige ones with uh, little like a like a block pattern where the normal Vans kind of stripe thing goes across the side. Uh, so yeah, right. I've ended up with three pairs now. Um, yeah, they're basically Mario bricks. I mean, because they're all everything. At least the ones I've seen, most of them were NES um, themed. The because the controllers on the on the high tops are NES controllers, right? Yeah. And then I think they had another one that had a bunch of characters on it too, but I don't recall i haven't seen those in a while yeah there's a few different ones there's kind of the standard set that you can buy everywhere and then uh some various different retailers some in the u.s some in the uk have got uh exclusive ones that only they sell so like uh shoe in the uk um they've got some uh, i think it's some mario uh kind of slip-on ones that, that you can't get anywhere else and Oh, okay. Um, and it depended like on the kids section. There's some like Princess Peach ones, and I think maybe those are in women's as well. But they don't have those in men's, and it's, you know, so there's quite a few different um, designs. But you're you're kind of limited, obviously, depending on you know your shoe size and whether you want men's or women's or or kids or whatever. But yeah, it's. I knew these were coming, um, and I was kind of keeping an eye out for it. But yeah, as soon as these actually went on sale, like just it seemed like everybody was just buying them. Yeah, no, Vans are comfy shoes. I like them. So I did not get a pair, though. I just ended up buying a couple of pairs of Converse All-Stars over the last couple of weeks. Um, one while, one pair while I was out in San Francisco because they have a store right there on Market Street. So um, popped in there and picked up some shoes. Nice. <clears throat> yeah. So um, what is this, John? The last thing oh, you've posted you know- in here, please explain this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a it's a fried chicken um, iPhone case, of course. Of I course, mean, it is just a clear iPhone case with a chicken, a fried chicken leg attached to it. Uh, hopefully, it's not a real chicken leg and it's and it's plastic. But it, I saw this this morning. You know, this is these are the, the benefits you get of uh, early morning Twitter. Um, Kathy Birdie actually posted this on Twitter. She's um, a developer in the UK, and I, I saw this this morning and figured this is exactly what we need. This is what this is why we do the show. 
yeah, this is what people come for. Um, I'm looking at this page. I mean, okay, first off, this would be ridiculous um, to carry around. Um, I think the chicken leg would be a nice handle. You can, you're can. you not going to drop your iPhone if you're holding onto a chicken leg. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's glued onto that plastic pretty well, I think, I think it would work perfectly. I just don't know how I would get that in my pocket. Um, no, that well, that would be a problem. <laughs> I'm also looking on the page. They also have uh, what looks like a, a slice of yeah, salmon sushi um, oh. and, uh, and a shrimp as well. A shrimp one for the, uh, the Galaxy S6. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who's buying these, but there's 14 customer reviews. Yeah, well, there's, there's an iPhone case for everyone. Um, one of the, the top review is, uh, or one of them is, most things taste like chicken. This does not. Won't eat again. Um, so <laughs> it looks re- it looks real though, doesn't it? It does. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm still not convinced. I don't know who this is for. It really just looks like someone was having a bucket of fried chicken and decided to put one of the chicken legs down on top of their phone. That's what it looks like. It was, and then they went right business idea. Let's get this done. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Time to ship. Wow. So, you know you shouldn't send me silly things on the US Amazon, because I'll end up sending them to you. <laughs> no, no, that's true. I forgot. Yes, I have a Nicolas Cage pillowcase still tucked away somewhere in my bedroom. It does not get used. It's I, You know, if it had been made out of something other than fabric that makes you sweat, maybe I would use it. But <laughs> Yeah, I, it was about $6, John. I wasn't expecting the best quality. <laughs> oh, it's not. So um, I think that's pretty much it for this week. Um, don't have anything. All right. So that chicken, that phone case has done me in. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. It's good stuff. Yes. If you'd like to find Rob online, you can find him at RM Lewis UK on Twitter and me at John Voorhees. Oh, that- See, I'm doing that for you, Rob, because so, since you're since you've, you're losing it, <laughs> you're such a pro, John. That was perfect. Let's yeah. let's call it let's call it a day. All right. Speak to you later.